With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Sunday, March 19th, and this is going to be the second part of our roundtable discussion about retirement. Uh, Before we do that business, I do want to remind you that whenever you have any sort of financial question, we're here for you. Mark and I love to get your emails. We love it even more when you come on the program. You go to JillOnMoney.com, you click the Contact Us button, and we kind of do everything else after that. Don't forget, you can still buy my book, The Great Money Reset. Uh, It continues to be a great odyssey talking about this book because it really does make me appreciate how much this community has created amongst ourselves, that we're all contributing to it and we're all, I hope, getting something out of it. That's why you tune in every day, right? So, okay, just always go to the website. There's so much fun stuff there. You can buy the book. You can subscribe to Jill on Money Live. You can read all the content that's there. We just do it all. All right, not all, but a lot of it, okay? Uh, Right now, let me air the second part of this roundtable conversation. It is with CBS News correspondents Nancy Chen and Carter Evans and uh, Senior Strategic Policy Advisor David John. He's at AARP. And we're talking about the different issues around retirement because Nancy and Carter had recently uh, had some really cool segments about retirement and what that means right now. They should have just come and hung out with us for a few days. They'd get a, an earful, wouldn't they? Here's the second part of the roundtable on retirement. You know what I'd like to do? I just, we, we had a piece that aired about sort of getting your, um, your, your emotions in sync with retirement and are you mentally ready to retire? So let's cue that piece and um, everyone will we'll reconvene on the other side of it. Andy Ritz thought he was ready for retirement when he left his pediatric practice after 34 years. What's that been like? Well, it's been fun. Um, I'm not going to say I've enjoyed it. I'm not regretting it. So mixed feelings. The 64-year-old Ohio man who has four rescue dogs saved enough. But it's his emotional bank that's running low. When I go to bed at night and I say, well, what did I do today that made it a better day for somebody else or for the world? And the answer is usually nothing. Retirement is a seismic life change that can impact mental health. One study suggesting it increases the likelihood of depression. I do have a lot of free time. Ritz started working with Scott Miller, who's in a fast-growing industry. He's a retirement coach. People underestimate the amount of change that is about to take place. What does a fulfilled retirement look like? It's about finding meaning, living with purpose, and leaving a legacy. Rediscovering your uniqueness. Miller says the beginning of retirement, fueled by travel and to-do lists, is often followed by loneliness. 
Experts say that's why it's important to replace social connections lost in the workplace. Identify and explore new passions and use your skills to volunteer or mentor others. Find that purpose. Advice Andy Ritz is following. Okay, everybody sit, sit. He's interested in the training required to take Rolo to hospice as a therapy dog. And how important is that, do you think, in your happiness right now? Number one, if I didn't have social connections, I would just stay here in my house and not not do anything. Preparing emotionally for retirement. Not the end of the road. The start of an open one. Janet Shamley and CBS News, Finley, Ohio. I love that piece that Janet did. It's so it's so interesting because I think that one of the things that I've always um, tried to conquer in my world, which is, you know, again, starting as financial planning and now working at CBS News as the business analyst is to marry your emotional and financial. And we all have to do that over and over again at different points in our lives. And I'm wondering, David, as you watch that piece and you see this, you know, burgeoning um, uh profession of retirement coaches. You know, I wonder what you are thinking, like maybe did this guy retire too soon? Like I keep talking to people on my podcast and they're like, I'm 58. I want to retire. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, that's what I don't want to. Is anyone watching from CBS? I really want to renew, Uh, but I want to keep working as long as they'll have me. So how, how do we prevent people from leaving their professions too early, David? You know, it's a matter of, what are you going to do with your life? And I think that's the, the key question. Okay, you want to retire. It may be that you hate your job. It obviously doesn't apply to any of us on this. But uh, And you want to do something else. But as the piece pointed out, I thought brilliantly, you need a purpose in life. A purpose in life is not sitting around watching your TV or uh, doing something that just fills time. More than anything else... When, well, I have friends of mine who approach me and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking of retiring. Uh, it's I'm 62 or something along that line. Well, well, that's great. But what are you going to do then? And right. if you don't have an answer for that, frankly, you should probably keep working. And there yeah. is a small matter of inflation that also adds that. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that the thing is that you don't necessarily have to work in exactly the same job. And and yeah. Carter, it's funny because you talk about, you know, seeing relatives or family members retire. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when my so my dad was sort of retired, meaning that he had a health issue and he was a trader on the floor of the American Stock Exchange. And he actually couldn't stand on his feet like his doctors are like, nah, mm-hmm. that's not the right job for you, Albie. Like you need to figure out something else. There is a glide path sometimes where people can do something slightly different, but keep engaged. So I'm wondering um, how you see that playing out in the world of retirement, how, you know, we're living longer. It doesn't mean you have to do the exact same job. Could you do something different? And how do we get people to ask those questions? Going to live with my dad right now. Uh, he's almost 80. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he doesn't live near me. And he's bored right now. He mm-hmm. lives alone. And, uh, you know, he used to, he has a degree in physics, you know, a PhD in physics. And I said, you know, why don't you do some tutoring, you know, put up up on the bulletin at the local community college. Um, How about a greeter at Walmart? You don't really need the money, but you'll get to see all these people every day uh, just to do something. Um, It's it's hard, though, I think, to talk to someone who has had a prestigious career Mm -hmm. and then retired with nothing to do 
and and then take a look at how your life could look. I think it is important that before you retire, you think about how and how is my life after this going to look? And if this plan doesn't work, what's my plan B? You know, and I love that idea of a plan B. I actually, I, I like, and in my book, I said, um, you know, run through the fabulous five, do the numbers, and then have plans A, B, and C. Best case, middle case, worst case. Yeah. And have plans. And by the way, it doesn't have to be onerous. Nancy, I'm holding your hand right now. We're going to go through this. Your finan- We're going to do Nancy's financial plan oh, right now. Dan and I are going to do it right now. Right. But it doesn't have That's to be onerous. I do. Exactly. We're all in this <laughs> together. But I, what I do think is that if you look at, you know, sometimes people say to me, oh, I'm bad at math. I'm like, you are listing things. You don't have to do calculus right now. Mm-hmm. You, but, but doing this is an opportunity to take control. And I find that we are um, we flail about when we feel out of control. And by the way, it's not when you make your best decisions. And I think that as you get older, if you don't actually have that work done, it, it's important to keep doing it. And Nancy, I know that um, your piece hasn't aired yet, but you have something fun from TikTok that you're going to introduce, which looks like a lot of fun to me. Yes, and it kind of um, goes very nicely with what you were just talking about, that sense of purpose and that sense of community, because we uh, traveled to Utah to profile a 79-year-old who put school on hold back in her 20s to raise her family, and she was just a couple of classes away from getting her associate's degree. Now, at this point, she has 16 grandchildren, eight great-grandchildren, and she is back in school and getting her degree and doing all of this uh, so, so lovingly and so happily because she is now documenting her experiences on TikTok, and she has gone viral as Grandma Great. Uh, She has, I checked this morning, 2.3 million followers, which is incredible because I always keep saying TikTok is for the young people, and she shows me, uh, <laughs> I don't know. A figure two. <laughs> so wonderful. Her mantra, and she, when we did our interview, she actually had it on her shirt. It's, you can do hard things. And her whole mission in life is that never give up. If you feel like you can do it, do it, and do what's right for you. And I think it's that sense of, of feeling like you have a, a belonging uh, to a community, because She's hanging out with people who are 19, 20 years old. She is going to class. Her professors are decades younger than her, and she's having a blast. And you she's know, exercising her mind, which is it, which is keeping her younger and keeping her happy, you know, and I think that, that that's a lot of it. You know, what do we want to do during our retirement? What do we want to do with our lives? It's like the second life. We want to do something. We're not just waiting to die and trying to support ourselves until we do. But I do think that that's kind of the mentality some people have when they lose the purpose. Yeah, I think that the context of having like um, having a workplace is not just you have um, a valid feeling of belonging and contributing, but there is a social context. And I know that we've talked a lot about loneliness and, you know, it is um, it seems like exacerbated because of covid in every generation. And I think that we have yet to see what you know, we've talked a lot on our air about mental illness and loneliness in young people. But I think that this period, this three-year period of older people feeling isolated from their families and from their friends has been a lot. So David, let's say that we want to get Carter's dad out. Let's say you've got, you know, uh, an older, a parent who's, you know, retired, but hasn't really done anything. What's the way to kick him in the butt? Well, uh, among other things, to keep talking to him and keep 
pushing this as much as you can. But I mean, my father was a, a music professor and he also had this thing where, okay, we are going to, I, I, what's ahead above me, what's below me? I mean, am I a, a uh, greeter at Walmart? Can I actually do that when people look at me and say doc or something along that line? What he ended up doing was that he was always fascinated with clocks and clock cases. Mm. So he started making clocks mm. and he sold clocks and serviced clocks and just had a great time for the rest of his life. So what else is your father interested in other than physics? <laughs> Which is kind of hard to like repeat anyway. But I mean, it is true. Yeah. It's finding something. And, you know, I'll tell you a funny story to interject. I'll let you answer, Carter. But um, one of my mom's best friends, her husband died when, you know, she was probably 60 and she had never worked. And um, she was quite a good card player. And my dad encouraged her to start trading to start like actually investing her own money and kind of coached her along the way. And like my, my aunt Judy now at age 84 says that she spends at least four hours a day, just looking at the markets, looking at her positions, being engaged, talking to people who are interested. It's something, it's something. And so Carter, what are we going to do for your father? Well, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding something that, mm -hmm. that keeps him engaged. And that gives him a purpose, you know, and, and right now a lot of that is family. So he lives farther away. So, you know, we're kind of looking into possibilities to move him a little bit closer. Um, but but yeah, I, I think you've got to you've got to want it. You know, you've got you've got to want that change. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I can see how it happens. I mean, I can see it. You, you know, all of a sudden you're you're looking towards this goal and it's there and it's like, OK, what what now? You it know? is daunting. And you, and you it, it, really have to reframe this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we have some we and we have some questions that um, I presume that David and I are going to uh, try to bang out. So um, I'm retired. Can I count on Medicare and Social Security for the rest of my life? I'm going to answer that, David, so you don't have to be the AARP person. Okay. Yes, <laughs> you can. Uh, next. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, look, the Social Security system is a system that is pay as you go. People who are already retired, who are receiving benefits, they are not at risk. Um, right now, I guess we have till about 2035 before the promised benefits there. That's you, baby. Um, till the promised benefits will not be able to be paid for. We'll be able to pay for about three quarters of those benefits, not 100 percent. A lot of ways to um, fix the system of Social Security. David, we could raise the retirement age. We could rise, raise the actual FICA tax amount. We could raise the wage base fixable. So I'm not worried about social security, maybe young people, it's not going to be the same system. Look, I think that Medicare, the, the basic problem is that these are incredibly popular programs. They are necessary and they're not fully funded. So you could just do, do this very easily. If we have a big problem in the country that's not fully funded, we're going to have some changes to it. I think the answer to the actual question for someone who's already retired is you're fine. I think for the younger people who always come on the show and they're like, I'm not counting on Social Security. I said, well, I think you can count on it. We just don't know exactly what the parameters are going to be. So for that question, I feel good. Like you're retired, you're cool. You're younger. You are probably going to see some changes. I think that the resulting changes and just like deep diving with a lot of the people I talk to, it will probably result in a higher tax structure, 
over the course of the next three or four decades. I just think that if you look at where the actual income tax rates are right now, they are pretty historically low. Chances are they're going to rise in order to fund a lot of these popular programs. There, I said it. One thing that's probably going to be true is, as is the case now, you cannot count on Social Security to fund your retirement. It it won't pay for it. I, I did a story on a woman who was a um, bartender in Las Vegas. She never really had a job that contributed to a 401k. She always planned to move to a cheaper state um, so that she could live her retirement. And she did exactly that. She moved to Montana. Well, all of a sudden, where she moved to in Montana, the last couple of years got pretty expensive. And all of a sudden, the $1,000 a month she gets from Social Security isn't even close. Hmm. She's on SNAP benefits. She's on Section 8. And she's more than 80 years old. Oh. And, and, you know, some day, some months, she says she has only a dollar or two left after the basics. You know, so this is a position you do not want to be in later in life, trying to troubleshoot this and figure figure this out. I, I must say she's a wonderful woman. Uh, she's very happy. She seems like she has a lot of friends in the area, a lot of social support, uh, and, and she is getting by. But, you know, nobody wants that no. when they get into retirement. Well, and that's one of the reasons why in this whole discussion, it's so absolutely essential that for especially younger people going forward, that they have some way to build up savings because Social Security was never intended to be your entire retirement income. It was meant to be a floor. And that's basically what it's going to continue to be. Yeah, it based it, it is progressive meaning if you're lower income it's going to replace more of your money and you're going to need less in savings or other things but even so you've got to have that supplement because even if social security is enough for you from month to month you still have the inevitable water heater that breaks down or the car tire blows or something like that absolutely you know we had two questions one was a question about you know where is the best state for a senior to retire with little or or no life savings. And, you know, I'm not sure, like, this is somebody who's 59 years old. You know, if you have little or no life savings and you are qualifying for um, assistance for various things, whether it's Medicaid or Medicare, if you're over 65, you know, the state that you live in, you have, it's like more than just the finances. It's also like the structures that are provided for you. And there are lots of surveys about this, but I, I think that if you have little or no life savings, the reality is that you should live as close to your family members as possible. That's what I think. I think that's like the most important thing. And then we got another question about optimizing. I know I'm going to say this word just for David. This is for you, David, about opti- optimal optimizing Social Security. Um, so this is somebody who wanted to know about, you know, when is the best age for optimizing Social Security? Um, so. Obviously, David, you can you can claim Social Security retirement benefits as early as age 62. Most people have a full retirement age of 66, 67, depending on the year of your birth. Um, But what is the advantage of waiting till your full retirement age to claim Social Security? And what's the advantage of waiting those extra few years to get to age 70? Yeah, that's the key is if your health allows you to do this and if you can continue to work, obviously, Uh, The later you can claim, the better it is. 
because your benefits from your natural retirement age, 66 or 67, go up by 8% a year until you reach 70. And from that point on, once you've claimed Social Security and you're locked in, then you've got inflation protection for that amount. And otherwise, inflation protection is hard to find and it's really expensive at this point in time. You don't want to take 62 unless you absolutely have to because of health or something along that line, because your benefit is substantially lower than it would be at 66 or 67. So wait, even if you have to use savings to some extent to get to that 70, the closer you can get, the better you are. Well, that's it. That is the program. Thank you so much for listening. Everything that we talk about, it's always on the website. So if you want to find the new service, Jill on Money Live, it's on the website, jillonmoney.com. If you'd like to sign up for the free weekly newsletter, it's on jillonmoney.com. If you want to buy my book, The Great Money Reset, it's on jillonmoney.com. You get the theme, jillonmoney.com. That's where you go. Lift someone up today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. tomorrow. 